0: Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, December 26th, the last Sunday of the year. Last episode of the year. I can't imagine we do another one of these before the end of the year. Um, TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes. Richie, how was
1: your Christmas? How are you doing today? Good, man. I'm a uh, you know, fighting a little bit of a, you know, coquito hangover, but we'll do all right without that. Um, but yeah, I had a good Christmas. Man, we didn't really do anything. Um You know, I work at the hospital and uh, our new CEO started like three or four years ago. uh, Started a tradition where they just have free lunch for anyone who wants patients, visitors, staff in the cafeteria. Uh, They have different department leaders serve the food. So my wife and I went there for about an hour then came home and kind of just relaxed. A a really nice Christmas. Uh, Probably much different from yours with kids, DJ. Yeah,
0: ours was pretty crazy. So my daughter got up at one in the morning. So, you know, I didn't really realize this, but like, as kids get older, like they, they wake up in the middle of the night. And then if they're like, you know, as long as nothing crazy is going on, they usually just like kind of roll back over and go to sleep. It's no big deal. Um, cause we get alerts all the time from her like yeah. camera that said like un, unusual motion or something. And Christmas is different, huh? Christmas <laughs> Eve is different. Yeah. Like the night of Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas morning is different. So I thought, and we went to bed at like 1230, like we went to bed late on Christmas Eve cause it was a busy day too. And, um, you know anyway so just she comes running in at 1 a.m and i didn't realize it was one until like the next morning when my wife said something but my daughter comes in the room and she's like mommy and daddy santa left presents and we were just like okay baby and we could tell it was dark outside so we're like all right let's just sleep for a little bit and then like let's get up you know and we'll go out and so anyway yeah six or 1 a.m so we got up at seven did the whole presence thing let the kids play around a little bit um I fried a turkey because my family requested it. And then um, we went to my mother-in-law's and hung out for a good part of the day. Got home, watched a little NBA, had a little bourbon, and went to bed. So it was a busy day, but I will say once we're over – like the morning was busy. Once we're over at my mother-in-law's, like everybody just wants to play with the kids. Everybody just – you know, I'm just – Crashed on the couch in the corner for a little bit. (laughs) I took a little Christmas Day nap. Those are always elite. So, oh, yeah. um, no, but I'm with it. I saw you made a prime rib. Excellent. It looks great. I, I, the one thing I learned on the timeline is that a lot of people don't know what prime rib is, how to cook prime rib, how to enjoy yeah. prime rib. Uh, a lot of people are telling on themselves.
1: So that, uh, that the was last actually four a- hours. That was from, I think, last year, just because the, there's, I'm sure you saw the primer that was going viral, and I had plenty of issues with that plate, but the temperature it was cooked was not one of them. So I was yeah. curious to see how many people would think that was undercooked, because to me, that that is perfection. Uh, we did, uh, actually made filets and uh, twice-baked potatoes l- last night. So oh, that's so right. I thought I like meat. the picture. Sheesh.
0: The, uh, yeah, no, when you posted it today, it reminded, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the really simple recipe that we both have used, I stole from you or you gave to me, yeah. I guess I didn't ask for it. But yeah, no, it uh, definitely is, yep. it definitely is the move. Like you said, yeah, you cannot, well, I mean, you could mess it up, yeah. but like you've got to intentionally just like not do what the directions say to mess it up. So. Well, if,
1: if you take the extra step of actually using the internal thermometer while it's cooking, then it truly is dummy proof. You, you can't mess it up at that point. So I've never done that. I
0: always just do the timing thing where you, you know, two hours and let it go Mm -hmm. after that. So I've never used the probe, but um, yeah, it always comes out fantastic. I think I'm going to do one of them, uh, like a a prime rib, this week before uh, Christmas and New Year's. Um, We'll talk about it later because you wrote down resolutions on the outline. But we always do Whole30 in January. yeah, And so... We like crap this week, uh, upcoming because we deprive ourselves for an entire month after this <laughs> double fun. but I'm glad you had a good Christmas. Did you get anything exciting? Did Lindsay get you anything? Did you get her anything?
1: You guys do gifts? Not really, we, we don't really care. We, we both probably spent like $50 each on Christmas. So we're, we're more so, you know, we send gifts to the, to the niece and my sister up in, in the Carolinas. Uh, we don't really, it's not really a big gift giving thing for us anymore.
0: Yeah, we, we didn't this is probably the first year my wife and I like literally got each other nothing, which we usually don't get gifts, but usually like we'll get a card each or you know, we'll yeah. we'll do some these so or chocolates or something. We didn't even get a card. Yeah. Like two so kids I, I, plus pregnant, no nothing. My daughter so even noticed it. She's like what did you and mommy get? And I was just like, Oh, next year we need to get each other something because it was awkward. So anyway, so go ahead.
1: real quick, then we'll get into Florida state. Cause people don't really care about our Christmas and whatnot. No, no, they, but care. I, I they did, love this. As our <laughs> gifts came in, we just gave them to each other. We didn't even wrap them right. Amazon package comes in. I'm like, Oh, Hey babe, here's one of your presents. Right. So that's I got her some like friends related stuff. That's her favorite TV show. Um, but I did get her a card that I gave her on a, a Christmas Eve night. And she, was felt so bad because she didn't get me a card. And I mm. i purposely said like the next morning I woke up. I was purposely being a jerk about it. I'm like, hey, can I get my card now? <laughs> knowing she didn't have one.
0: Yeah. We almost always do the card thing. And this year, like I said, two kids and being pregnant, like it's just it's too much. So yeah. <laughs> no uh no cards this year. But uh we did get a new phone. We both got new phones. We both got like the new iPhone. Um and they were like the iPhone 13 plus or whatever because we switched service. And so um, they were supposed to be delivered like the week of Christmas because they were all ordered. And so we we're like, oh, that's what we'll get for each other. And then they came in like a week later. So we got them like the week. Like I had it up in Gainesville when we played Florida. Like <laughs> I had just got it like the day before. Um, so we had kind of said that those would be our Christmas presents to each other. And then yeah. we got them in Thanksgiving time. And it was like, oh, I guess – we got a month early Christmas present, but being an adult is great. Speaking of, um, I don't bro, Sam, I see you tweeting right now. I know you're probably watching, but you, you, you just got to live a little, bro. Let that cow, the cow's alive still just a tad, and you, you, you live a little too. Um, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Visit both of their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them that Double Fries No Slaw sent you. We need to do a um I'm gonna chat with them that try and chat with them this week. I know my guy's probably out hunting, but we need to do a another giveaway with them. I think first of the year giveaway would be would be dope for sure. Um all right, let's jump into it. Got a shorter episode today now that we spent seven, eight minutes talking about Christmas and prime rib and meat and everything else on the on the show. Pause. Um, but Florida State got a couple of Christmas presents, landed a couple of transfer wide receivers that we'll uh, both chat about in just a second. But um, Florida State not so good on the recruiting trail at the wide receiver position, lost out on Mortimer, lost out on, obviously, Travis Hunter would have played a little bit of wide receiver and helped you in that room just a tad. But um, they've done pretty well on uh, on the transfer front.
1: Talk to us about these two guys that Florida State just got, Richie. Yeah, well, it just a few hours after we went off the air last week, Micah Pittman, who a lot of Florida State fans are familiar with now, um, the transfer from Oregon, interesting recruitment there because Dillingham kind of led up that recruitment, and uh, when he announced he was going to Oregon, and uh, you know you guys had Micah Pittman on the Epicure Spaces with uh, Josh Newberg, really good uh, interviews. So if anyone wants to go back to that and check it out, uh, but he said actually. Uh, even after Dillingham took the job at Oregon, he kind of still pushed him to Florida State as an ode to Mike Norvell. Um, really cool story, but you know, not extremely productive. You know, He did go on his YouTube channel, which is very large if you uh, want to go find that. I uh, talked about how it, you know he played in a run-heavy offense, which Florida State kind of is too, so I don't know. Uh, but one thing he said in the spaces to Josh that I loved, he was asking about, Josh asked Micah Pittman about returning punts. Uh, he's like, uh, just so you know, uh, if you can field a punt and uh, flip the field, the dope Campbell Stadium will go nuts. He's like, oh, it's not a if, it's a win. He's like, catching punts is easy. I've been doing it since it since eighth grade. Uh so that that had to be music to Florida State fans' ears.
0: Yeah, I think I have that. Um, real quick, I'll play that. I think that's that's good. Let's listen to it and uh, we'll keep
1: rolling. Florida State needs playmakers. No. The fans have been, you know, dying for that. And I'll tell you what. If you can get on the field as a punt and you can flip the field, you can make some something happen that you will get doke on its feet, you will get that place exploded. <laughs> For state fans, well, are no, just, I, they I, can't I, wait to have somebody back there that can make a play with the punt in the punt yeah, game. It won't be if I can, it's w- when I will because, like, I let's you know go. I'm so, I'm not, I, 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 I it's really funny because I don't.
0: I knock on wood or anything like that, but I don't see the difficulties in catching a
1: punt. Like, I don't understand what's so hard about it. Uh, I think I've I've repped it ever since I was a, a young kid since eighth grade. So, I mean, it's kind of like,
0: like I, I don't know, like something you, you rep every single day, like it's it just becomes routine to you, you know? So um, for me, it became very routine and uh, I have, like, the record at Eugene
1: <laughs> of catching
0: uh, as many punts as, like,
1: so you catch one punt and then you hold it in your arm. I caught seven in mm-hmm. a row in my – so I was I holding oh, seven. You know, it's you has a circus on campus, Timmy might be able to try out for that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I could do that. So pretty good stuff there with him. Like I said, if you want to hear that full interview, you can uh, – you can uh, roll over to spaces i'm sorry patreon.com slash fsu spaces uh the interview is free on there it's got his picture so you'll be able to see um all of that there and, and enjoy it so anyway all that said excited to have Pitman i know that that is going to end up getting old takes exposed though <laughs> like i'm just gonna say that like he's gonna he's a muffle pun <laughs> Bro, like as soon as I put it out, like I was like, let me just go ahead and mute this tweet because the first time, like he'll a punt in a game we're up like fifteen or like fourteen points or something, it won't even matter. But yeah, because I'm the one that tweeted it, like that's just how thing that's just how things like that work, bro. It's like I am, I'm definitely getting revisited. But he was cool to talk to. He was really really excited um, to kind of chat with. Um, like you mentioned, the, th- the big thing to me was Dilly still kind of pushing him to Florida State, which I thought was neat. I thought that you know. Dilly and Mike are obviously really, really close, and for him to kind of still push, um, still push him to go that way, I thought that was that was big, and, and really says a lot about their relationship
1: and uh, the kind of person that Kenny Dillingham is. So uh, it's, it's funny, Oregon fans seem to be getting a little annoyed with him because he's always posting picture still in his fourth and 14 shirts quoting Jordan Travis Mackenzie Milton uh, yeah. hopping in y'all's faces every day. <laughs> like uh, I love Dillingham. He's my favorite former assistant we've ever had. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's he's a ton of uh he's a ton of fun.
0: So anyway, not the only pickup that Florida State got. They also picked up Johnny Wilson, a 6'6 or 6'7, depending on where you're looking, what you're reading wide receiver out of Arizona state um, has three years of eligibility left, had some good production uh, in four games before going out and, and being injured. Um, thoughts on uh, if people have been calling him baby Kelvin Benjamin, which I'm, I'm okay with nice. that. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, be pretty cool if, if that was really the case. So we'll see, but you know, another big wide receiver that can go up and win one-on-one battles and again, Florida State really, really struggled with the wide receiver position um, in the high school ranks, but went out and got guys that, you know, we, we talked about, I mean, Josh talked about this uh, Friday on the spaces. I don't know if you were in there or not, but how, you know, when you're going for high school guys, a lot of times those are developmental. They're, I don't want to say projects, but they're not going to make immediate impacts Two guys here that that should make pretty immediate impacts for Florida State. And so big to to get that to get those guys on the outside and kind of have them ready to go obviously Micah as well in the return game but we can't hate on what Florida State's doing uh, in the transfer
1: portal at wide receiver right now yeah and like you said he's a big dude 6'6", 6'7 230 almost like a tight end size um I'm not going to pretend I went back and watched much of his film but definitely getting a big body receiver on the outside like that that's exciting and it You know, the transfer portals really changed everything because uh, you can't even really properly rank a recruiting class until like next summer when you have all the transfers in and you can say, okay, did we meet all the needs we need? Because you you think about, you know, Dylan Gibbons, we didn't get him until after spring uh, when he chose to leave Notre Dame last year after going through spring practice there. Um, But yeah, whiffs on a receiver at the high school ranks, but, you know, two, you know, hopeful, promising uh, uh, talents coming in. And, you know, the portal changes things also and you know, five years ago, TJ, we would have took a flyer on, you know, a two star, three star receiver from South Florida that, you know, may had great issues, whatever it may be, just because it's kind of like vacation days. If you don't use those scholarships, you're not going to, you know, you can't pocket those for, Yeah, might as well use them on somebody. Yeah. So now they're, you're seeing coaches, you know, hold off on those, you know, more unknown high school players and going, okay, this guy at least has college tape at a power five school. We can work with him because otherwise yeah. they, these guys play at really small high schools, really small divisions. It's really tough to um, try and evaluate that. Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked
0: about that. Josh has talked about like where he sees that, that, you know, the transfer portal making the biggest impact. And it probably is with your lower guys, your, your guys that need you to take a flyer on them, your three-star guys or your lower three-star, you know, certainly guys like that. Because if you're a college football team, are you taking a guy that's a, uh, you know, a project and might be ready in three years. Or are you taking a guy that can kind of make an immediate impact like right away, you know, and most of the time you're going to want somebody that can make an immediate impact right away. The transfers count the same. There's not a, there's not a salary cap, right?
1: So yeah, and th- this year's um, extra unique. Cause they can bring in like 32 players <laughs> between high school and transfer. So I don't think they're going to find another 14 transfers or whatever it may be, but that they have that opportunity or that option. Should they choose it? Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Um, Florida State not done uh, at at transfer um, wide receiver. We'll talk about some other positions that uh, that we uh, we'll get down to here in just a minute. But Florida State also pursuing um, Illinois wide receiver transfer due Span. Um, Doesn't sound like there's any kind of visit plan just yet, but is committing in the next two to three weeks. Florida State is going to have um, pretty big a pretty big. Um, recruiting weekend both of yeah. the next two weekends they kind of get lucky with how the um semester uh, you, you can have it up to seven days before because of the way that the semester starts on a tuesday despite um, being the dead period we can host them yeah, yeah that's big pretty cool to to have some big weekends so obviously we do those spaces with josh so check out in those 247 for a more in-depth recruiting uh kind of analysis of, of who will be on campus and who will be around um for that, but that do span, man. I I did go. I, I don't. I didn't go back and watch a video either. But I mean, there were just some timeline clips, kind of yeah. popping around, and there's some pretty. I mean, well, you know, nobody's gonna does, post like the bad videos and be like, yeah. oh, we're do this transfer. Here's where he muffed six punts, or not that he did, you know, or yeah. dropped, you know, dropped this well, my, or did
1: this. But pretty good <laughs> stuff going around. What What I like about him is, you know, he went to Illinois as a quarterback and switched to receiver this year. So you you know that football IQ of what the offense is trying to do it's that's not going to be a problem for him um because if you know someone brings you in to play at a power five school as a quarterback um and typically in high school everyone plays quarterback right they just put the best athlete at quarterback on you know smaller schools especially that's what they did with Um, me yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry I I do like that he has quarterback experience and he has a lot of eligibility left as well. I I think he's got three more years as well. So uh, interesting guy to keep an eye on. Like you mentioned, he doesn't plan on taking any visits, um, but he does plan to make a decision. And, uh, you know, pretty much the entire Florida State offensive coaching staff is in contact with him um, to include Ron Dugans. Uh, Just, you know, interesting to point out there. Yeah. So. Um, Florida
0: state is going to continue to remain active in the transfer portal. We've talked about this a lot on the spaces, um, wide receivers, a, a, a one that, that I think that they'll take one more, yeah. um, need to be pretty active at the defensive end position, edge rushers, defensive line, you know, defensive line in general. I don't know that they would take a tackle or not. There's some talk about moving Briggs to outside, um, yeah. based on who's coming back with love it, uh, shout out Robert Cooper. Who shot me a follow this week? Not to flex too much on you guys, but there's that. Um, I love Robert. Glad he's coming back, of course. Yeah. But um, edge rusher really big, linebacker really big, running back with Corbin leaving. I'm really excited for Trayshawn Ward this year. You know, just kind of as a side note, um, he's somebody that I, I do think will be really, really good for Florida State. Um, I'd love for him to show us why we don't need a transfer running back I do think for depth reasons you know you, you probably want to bring somebody yeah. in but I'd love for him to be you know a number one that we can really like say man that kid got it so excited for Treshawn Ward and then maybe a I'm running through all of them so if you have any points on any of these positions we can go back and yeah. talk about well, well but,
1: also uh Toa Philly I, I think with Ward and Toa Philly you really have something there But like you said, running back, I mean, the the odds that both of those guys stay healthy the entire year, like, uh, you know, James Wilder and Carlos Williams or Devontae Freeman, excuse me, did in 2013, it's just not likely. So you're going to need that depth. But I do think they like what they have in Ward and Toa Philly, and I I do as well. Yeah. Uh, And then potentially a quarterback. Now, I I believe that we – I mean, I don't want to speak for you,
0: but I guess I'm about to. Uh, I believe we are both fully on the JT13 train. Do not believe that anybody's going to come in here and take that job from him. I think this is his team, and I'm excited to have him at quarterback. Just as good as he was on the field in the second half of the year, he also is, is really, really good on slamming cats on Twitter, uh, which has <laughs> been really, really fun to watch. Uh, you know, he, Miami he broke fans, that poor
1: Miami kids' brain. <laughs> oh
0: man, you know, it's
1: it is kind of fun to watch Miami,
0: not only their, you know, delusional fans, but their players just wake up thinking about uh, Florida state, you know, like, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's cool to watch, but you know, when you come from behind and beat your rival and in, in their biggest game of the year, then, you know, I'm glad that they wake up thinking about us, but yeah, I, I do think that there's the potential that Florida state brings in a quarterback transfer for depth. Maybe that's somebody similar to Jordan Travis. Maybe that's somebody with a little bit different skill Um Just because as much as we believe in Jordan Travis and do believe that he is, Uh, florida state's quarterback and wouldn't change a thing about that his style of play lends itself to where you know at at times he misses a a game or a couple plays or a couple series and you need somebody that's somewhat competent to step up and step in if and when he does go out and obviously i'd love for him to play every snap of all 12 13 14 15 games next year whatever we end up playing in but Egypt, college football is weird. You need a backup, you know, Florida oh. did well with a backup at times this year. A&M, you know, lost their quarterback early and had a backup step up and win them some big games. So like, you just, you need that, you know, Miami starter goes down, backup comes, you know, like a lot of, you know, this is not a, you know, I, I do want to say this. I, it's not just such a Jordan Travis problem that it's like, man, Jordan just can't stay healthy, which he hasn't put together a full season yet. I will say that, but, Every other team has needed backups too. Like I just said, A&M, Florida, Miami, Clemson, all these teams use backups this year. So you got to have somebody that's somewhat competent in that position.
1: Especially when you have a running quarterback, right? Because it's sure. no secret that Jordan Travis is, that's what makes him such a good college uh, quarterback. And uh, yeah. I'm, I agree with you. I, I think this is his offense. I'm excited. He's only has like one full season of experience, <laughs> despite feeling like he's been here forever now. But, um, but yeah, I, I do think you, you got to bring a backup in, you know, look no further than our most recent game against Florida. If Travis stays healthy or if you have a competent backup and that's no shot against Milton or Rodemaker they just weren't ready for that game. Maybe you win that game. Maybe, it, you know, you take advantage when it, you were moving the ball a little bit. So it, it, I think it is important to get someone in here. Um, I don't know if it has to be a dual threat guy because, you know, Brady White at Memphis was perfectly fine and not the most mobile quarterback in the world. Uh, So Mike Novell, I think he can make his offense work with either one, but I do think you need someone else other than, you know, Tate and Duffy, because I don't think Duffy's going to be ready next year.
0: Um, no, I agree. And I don't want to rush him along. The last time we rushed a a quarterback along, it was James Blackman and we threw him in way too early and, you know, kind of see how that career ended up. So yeah, no, I, I really would prefer to not see Duffy's take snaps. Um, I was gonna say if it's late in the year against a bad opponent, I wouldn't mind him seeing him get him yeah, yeah. get some reps because you could play four get, but we don't play uh, all. I think all our easy games are beginning of the year, like Duquesne's at the very beginning of the year. Then we play LSU, then we play Louisiana. Then I don't think we I don't think we have another cupcake game like that uh, for the rest of the year. Like it's all conference stuff or Florida or LSU or whatever. So I think that maybe, but I, I don't really know that I want him taking reps against you know. Maybe if like Syracuse is late in the year or something like that, but even that was a dog so, fight last year. So probably. we have Louisiana
1: so. on November nineteenth, the week before Florida. So we'll play, uh, we'll, play Bill, a, Billy, we'll play Billy's old team and then his new team back to back weeks two, two and zero. Oh. Uh, I thought that was an early game,
0: so that's interesting. <laughs> no, you, you got Tulane in
1: August, and then LSU the next week, and then Louisiana and Florida to close out. So you open with two non conference and end with two non conference games. So Louisiana is a good – like they built a pretty good program there. I do think they're yeah. pretty senior-heavy, and I think that's why they had
0: success this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that game shouldn't be the worst. I don't know. There's just not a lot of, like, absolute give-me's on the schedule besides that yeah, Duquesne game. Or, yeah. uh, is it Duquesne? Well, Am I saying it wrong? Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's Duquesne. And it,
0: how do you know the this? First-
1: because I follow their basketball team. Oh, basketball. I didn't know if it was like, <laughs> oh, the spelling, like I'm an yeah. well no, major. I don't follow the basketball team, oh, but okay. I've watched several Duquesne basketball games throughout the years. They're a team that just randomly pops up in the tournament every once in a while that you know you want to watch. Um, but it'll be the first time in six years Florida State opens her season with a win since that two thousand sixteen old miss game in the uh, Orlando. I hope. Knock on wood. Um
0: yeah, I'll I
1: got us. Yeah,
0: I got us going two and zero. um to start the year and then 2-0 and oh to end the year. We'll see how it goes right. in the middle. But
1: give me 4-0. And oh and, and yeah, give me two ACC wins and we're going Bolton, baby. <sighs> Done deal.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I got to beating Miami too, so there's one. You just pick one more yeah. and we're in a bowl. Um, um, what do we got next? All right, I think that pretty much puts a bow on football. We'll talk a little, a little bit later about some more of it here in a moment. Um, basketball's had a week off. A little over a week now, yeah. Uh, but they start ACC play on Wednesday against Boston College. Then they have at NC State on Saturday, at Wake the next week. What you know? Excited for basketball to be back over this COVID stuff. Or
1: Man, it, it, this is going to be a rough basketball season. I think we're going to see a lot of games canceled um, or postponed. Um, I'm glad the ACC got rid of the forfeit rule. Uh, so just real quick for the. ACC, they have a new rule now. It says, if possible, games cannot be played as scheduled, they'll be rescheduled. Um, If a game cannot be played um, and cannot be rescheduled, it'll be a no contest, which is nice. Uh, So for men's and women's basketball, uh, because we do talk about the ladies a good bit here, uh, you have to have at least seven players available and one coach available. If that's not the case, you can't play. So with contact tracing, I don't know how they're doing that, but this new variant, this Omicron, it's it's out there like crazy. Uh, thankfully, people aren't getting as sick, but it, it's impacted a lot of – We're not still contact tracing NBA vaccinated, vaccinated people, are we? Out. Um, I think when you get a positive test, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to get more info on that because the number of college games – not just college, NFL games being moved, NBA games being moved around. Like, like it's – I think it's going to be a weird basketball season, very similar to last year. The only difference is we'll have full arenas, which will be nice. Yeah. I mean, I will say the NFL, like
0: the NFL, like didn't they come out and amend their policy? And they were just like, yeah, we're not going to be, <laughs> we're not losing money over this. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I don't want to make it so political, but yeah. Like I, you know, we're not I, to contact trace and then make kids sit out that are vaccinated and healthy and non-symptomatic. I mean, leave it to the NBA. Yeah. I mean, political or not, for the NFL to say no, 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 we're good. For the NCAA to just, you know, do the opposite, it just doesn't really shock anyone that the NCAA would,
1: would be well, stupid. I think I think the NFL is the perfect example of let's do let's put a policy in place for optics until it starts hurting hit, the bottom line, and then okay, let's let's switch things up a little bit here. But yeah, it's you know three really winnable games for Florida State if they all get played. Uh, Wake Forest is actually 11 and one right now, but they haven't really played anybody. I don't think they've played a single ranked team yet. BC and NC state are both kind of what Florida state is not really, you know, taking care of business and in, in games they should. Um, but, you know, Florida state that there's varying opinions. If is this team a tournament team, is it NIT team or are they just going to miss the postseason? I just hope these games get played so we can see, because I do think there's, you know, a, a good core of talent on this team. And I will never doubt uh, coach Hamilton.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I agree. And I do think that the choppiness and, it, it, it i'm not looking forward to much of it at all i think it's it's kind of crazy yeah, just, so just
1: get me to the tournament and if we get in great if not i'll fill out my bracket and go from there and oh. pray we have a normal season next year if we don't get in the tournament bro it's it's going to be time to lie anyway for uh, football season so whatever I, oh,
0: i'll, I'll gonna transition <laughs> my basketball yeah. eyes into no football eyes um so excited to see the basketball team get back at it um but both basketball teams uh, get back at it for sure.
1: Yeah, they're both lost. Um, spring sports
0: coming right around the corner with tennis and beach volleyball and, and all those other things that we really enjoy watching and yeah. cheering along and baseball, softball, softball, softball and baseball. All sorts of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, those, those won't be too far down the road. Um, bowl season. Bowl season is taking a hit right now too. I Okay, yeah. I talked about this last year. And, and I said, like, oh, maybe 2020 is just making it really bad this year and it'll be better next year. I just want to say, bowl season officially sucks. It's time. It's time to change it. I don't know if that means expanding the playoffs. I don't know well, what yes, that means. You have to do that. But the, the, the bowl season sucks right now. None of the games are good. Okay, I'll take that back. Like, one out of every five games is good, like, 20% of the games are good. Um, so many blowouts, so many opt-outs. Um, we've got entire teams opting out now, um, you know, and, and they're I think they're using COVID as a guise, but like Hawaii even said it. Like they were like, yeah, we're, you know, due to COVID and injuries and opt-outs, like we're just not going to play. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm frustrated with this bowl season. You know, we just had another cancellation coming up. Uh, for tomorrow's game, the East Carolina Boston College game. Fortunately, Western Michigan and Nevada are still on as of now. That's an 11 a.m. or yeah. so Monday morning, 11 a.m. Like that's right up my alley for sure. But yes. uh, Bowl season right now sucks. Hopefully, some of these better games we say better, but like the after Christmas games. Cause like if you play before Christmas in a bowl game, you're a joke. Mine is Liberty. Hats off to Liberty for for their performance, but uh, they're a small school. Let us live. But like you know, Auburn plays Tuesday, Louisville plays Tuesday, UCLA, NC State, West Virginia, Minnesota. Then on Wednesday, Clemson plays, Oregon plays. Thursday, North Carolina, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, Michigan State. Like hopefully, as we get to these better games, we'll we'll have less opt outs. I do think these yeah. traditional like football powers typically care more, but uh, nobody cares about the bowls. Nobody cares about bowl season. What used to be like the best month of the year, like the end of December, beginning of January with all the balls, was it, it just sucks now. Like it's not good. It's terrible because all the players are opting out. All the teams are opting out. We just need to make the playoffs 16 teams so that at least 16 good teams or like the 16 best teams in the country, none of their players will opt out. And like that's just the way to fix it. Like to me, so, that's the solution.
1: I haven't watched a single full bowl game all bowl season and i probably won't until we get to the friday when the playoff starts um it's just yeah but with the opt-outs and it was i don't blame kids who sit out of meaningless bowl games because they, they don't want to get hurt i think that's actually really smart if you're a legitimate NFL prospect yeah. um but i remember you know 2006 my freshman year we played ucla in the emerald bowl and like lorenzo booker goes nuts and plays has the game of his life that we all thought we, you know, we were going to have when we signed him as the number one recruit in the country or number one running back. Um, he doesn't play in that game because he's a senior. You know, he's going to the NFL. He's like, I'm not playing in the Emerald Nuts Bowl in a baseball stadium in San Francisco. Um, so I don't blame these kids, but I agree with you. It, it does, it's terrible. Like you got Jimbo ducking A&M uh, over like eight or nine days before the game. It's like, oh, no, we're good. We're not going to play. We got COVID issues. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's not enjoyable because it, what I love most about bowl season growing up Especially as I got, you know, older into my teens, early twenties, was seeing these, you know, players that came to Florida State as freshmen, you follow them for a whole career, and then they, you know, the bowl game is kinda like they're, you know, riding off in the sunset. And players used to love that. Seniors used to treat bowl games, no matter what it was, as extremely important. Because hey, this is my last time I'm gonna wear this garnet gold and put the spear on my head. Uh, and it's just not it's not exciting anymore. I, I like you said, you, you gotta extend expand the playoffs twelve minimum. Uh, maybe 16 teams because then those games actually, you're not going to have players opting out in a playoff game, right? If they have a chance with a national title, even, the, even if they're the 16 seed and everyone knows they don't have a chance much like, I don't think anyone sees Cincinnati giving Alabama much trouble. You'd at least have these players playing. So it's, or, you know, I, I, you've heard the suggestions like uh, put have bowl games before the season as exhibitions that don't count against your record or something. Um, and I know th- these are massive sweeping changes that will not take place, but something's got to happen. Yeah, I mean, I could see them bumping the,
0: you know, playoff up a couple of times to get it up there. But, yeah, I just think that, you know, if you bumped it up to 12 or 16, I, I wouldn't necessarily put 16 against one. You know, maybe you have a couple of buys it's where buys, yeah. 16 like plays playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I give the top four teams a bye and make 16 play five. And and then, you know, six plays 15 and so
1: on from there. Um, and you have to have at least the first round uh, at college stadiums. That'd right? be fun.
0: Yeah. So, like, who would be the fifth seed this year? Who was number five? Um Was it A&M? Uh, no, no, no. They, they they've lost been three eight four. Yeah. Well, yeah. Four. That's fun. Uh, number five was Notre Dame. That'd be awesome. You imagine Oklahoma yeah. State and Notre College Dame football in uh, South Bend in December? Yeah, that'd be amazing. And then like Utah, Ohio State, you know, yeah, put a game yeah. in, put a game in, uh, or maybe you'd you know, yeah. Anyway, it'd be fun. That'd be fun. Baylor, Ole Miss, have a game at Baylor. You know, a playoff game, and they were the seven seed. on this was eight. That wouldn't be the matchup, but anyway, yeah, that'd be a ton of fun. But it would at least keep. Kids and I, like I said, I agree with you. I don't have a problem with kids opting out and doing what they think is best for their career. Uh, but the product is less enjoyable now, and so college football needs to shift. Because and I'll tell you this teams keep opting out of bowl games, they're going to shift something because they're not about losing money. So, I'm like, there, <laughs> something will happen. It's one thing for your best players to opt out, all of that, but. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of bowl season right now. So, All right, so the one bowl that we did enjoy that has happened, besides the Liberty one, was uh, UCF just really taking yeah. it to Florida. Did you catch any of that? I only caught really the second half. We, we took the kids to Busch Gardens the other night. Um, that kind of ran into that. We got over there a little later than I yeah. wanted to. Shout out my guy Josh to do some up the tickets, not Newburgh. But Greenberg, all same tribe though. Um, <laughs> did you catch any of that Florida UCF game or see the highlights or anything like that?
1: I was not going to sit on my couch the week of Christmas and force my wife to watch UCF in Florida play. I I had no interest. I was following on my phone and and getting some live reactions on Twitter. Uh, Definitely enjoyable, but yeah, I hate Florida, but you know, our season's over. Like, I'm not going to sit down for four hours and watch a team. Just hoping bro, this they is not, I'm glad they did. Not, this is not what the people want to hear, bro. Like, let, now let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you. So it's funny. So my wife is a UCF grad and she had no desire watching it. But like I said, I was following along the phone. And it, I did find it funny that, you know, I, I know there was nearly a fight after the game, with, with some players and their fans like, Oh, we, we didn't care about this game. Well, so the tickets sold out in two days and you guys uh, were close to getting into a fight after the game. So I, I think your players probably did care. Uh, that UCL was just a better team, and Dan Mullen, you know, better coach. Obviously not Billy Napier coaching this one, but he takes the L as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say that you didn't care about the game, and, and then you watch the, you know,
1: largest crowd in, uh, I guess, for <laughs> the ball history, history. history,
0: the <laughs> ticket. You sold out your allotment in like a day and a half, two days. You you know, players are throwing punches in the game, getting ejected, yeah. fighting after the game, and taking to Twitter and everything else. And so, yeah, it's it's hard, you know. And if they'd not won, I mean, you know the whole state yeah. champs and oh, little yeah. brother, and this is why UCF doesn't matter, and you'll never be in the Big Three, and all this, like all that stuff would have.
1: Flowed. To, to so me, that's it's the, the best part. But they spin. cannot claim state champs now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's the, why the I was best big part. UCF that is the there, best part because yeah. <laughs> we blew it, but yeah. at least,
0: at least UCF did us a solid there. So congratulations to UCF on your state championship beating USF and Florida in the same year. You guys deserve it by trade of property, and then we. Florida yeah. beat us, so they're ahead of us, and then we beat Hang Miami, the so Miami's last. Um, Miami, you know, UCF, Florida, Florida State, USF, Miami last.
1: Um, yeah. So I'm 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 good with that. Um, but it does make you feel better about next year because that, that roster for Florida that played in the bowl game is largely what they're bringing back. Plus, they're bringing in the 51st strength recruiting class. So things may look up next year at Doak Cable Stadium on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> No, we're not losing to
0: them, bro. We only lost them because Travis yeah. was hurt a couple of drives. I mean, those they're not good. Like, no, I mean not. they were three points better than us. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, I mean, great, great job. You barely beat a five and seven team at at, at yeah. your own place. Like they're not beating us in Doug next year. Like they're not made, good. They're, yeah, they're they're you know they're they're terrible in the trenches. Not that we're great, but our yeah. offensive line continues to improve. Their deep our defensive yeah. line is is good. And you know, obviously losing Johnson stinks, but defensive line with the defensive tackles coming back and stuff like that, like their trenches are terrible. Like yeah. they got bullied by UCF. UCF was running all over them. Like I'm not worried about, I mean, you know, long way to go until that 40 game, but their roster is shot. Like that's a, that's yeah. a project that's work but, for Napier to have to do to turn them around.
1: Cause they're, they're I, brutal. I didn't realize how good guys like Cardarius Tony and Kyle Trask were in college. Like Kyle Pitts, obviously everybody knew that, but yeah, he, he lost those McIlwain recruits and it all went downhill. And it, like I said, he he just signed the number 51 class in the country. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what Florida does. Cause I, I think the entire big three is going to be very active in the portal the next four or five months. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, all right. So the, the
0: playoff games that
1: are coming up, you
0: know, do should have a little bit more excitement. I mean, I, I hope that that, uh, I hope that that Bama game is, is more competitive than we all probably fear that it will be, yeah. um, What are your thoughts on the playoff this year? And then you also wrote in here, you know, yes or no on the semifinals on New Year's Eve. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Yeah. So I think I think that's going to be like where you are in your life, right? Because I probably would not have liked them on New Year's Eve, like in my early 20s when I'm going out downtown, you know, staying out till 2 a.m. And, and everything but now like I have no desire to do anything on New Year's Eve except to eat a nice dinner at home and, and watch football. So that's perfect. I think we're actually going to go to a friend's house uh, and watch it. So I love New Year's Eve football, but I, I get why college kids, younger kids may not like it. Um, obviously, the wife's really excited for the Bama game. I don't think that's going to be much of a contest. They're favored by 13 and a half. I think they probably cover that. Uh, but the Georgia-Michigan game, that, that's where it's at for me because I, Georgia's favored by seven and a half. I think that's going to be a really good game. Michigan's every bit as physical as Georgia is now, they may not have the horses that Georgia has, you know, man for man, but they're a physical team and just ask Ohio state that they're, they're going to be competitive. And I think that's going to be a great game. Um, very smart by the committee to make that the second game and Bama kind of the the matinee. Um,
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I like that being the earlier game. And then if you I mean, I'm not going out on New Year's Eve, but then if you do want to go out and you don't have people over, you know, the blowout being the night game. is yeah. the way. I can remember going out a couple of times and it being like the Michigan State versus Bama game. And you <laughs> look up and it's like nothing. You're like, oh, you know, like I didn't miss anything here. So. Um, I will say I wouldn't have minded if it was the other way, too, because I'll be home. So watching the the game after the kids go to bed is would have been nice, but. Whatever. I'm excited yeah. for it. Yeah, that Michigan-Georgia game, I mean, that, that's going to be a ton of fun. I do think that that's one that we will really, really enjoy and look back and say, man, this was a great game. I do think Georgia pulls it out. Like, I've got Georgia yeah. winning that game. I don't know that I have Georgia upsetting Alabama. I really need to see them play better. I did talk with Allie about this. I didn't think Georgia – I mean, the difference in that game against Alabama was just turnovers. Like, they, yeah. still, they still had 450 yards on Alabama, you know, and they yeah. got down inside of the – they, I believe. Okay, so let's just look back at it. Let's look back at that Alabama Georgia game, the week of the thirteen. No, week fourteen. That game, it was a it was a seven point game at half, uh, and then Alabama scored to start the second half to make it a two score game, and then Georgia drove the ball fifty six yards down inside of the red zone and threw an interception. You know, and I'm not saying like, oh, if not for the interception, but yeah, like. They drove the ball on Alabama pretty much at will and then threw a pick. Force a three and out, drive the ball 54 yards again into Alabama's red zone and turn over on downs. Um, you know, if not for driving the ball, I mean, they drove the ball down in the red zone two times. If they had just really just kicked field goals there, it would have been an eight-point game uh, and they'd have been right back in it. Their defense forces another punt and they throw a pick six, you know, and so – Alabama stepped up and made the plays when they needed to. I'm not saying Georgia gave it away or anything like that, but outside of a couple of big plays, two fourth down stops, a pick six, uh, the, when the plays needed to be made, the better team made them. And that was Alabama that night. I think Georgia was in that game a little more than the 17 point lead dictates. They still went up for 450 yards on them. If not for a pick six, I mean, you're talking about a 10 point game late. Um, I think that, I do think that that rematch, if it happens, will be a good game. Not yeah. saying that Georgia wins it, but I think that that I think that game the, the final score is a little bit misleading. Now Alabama yeah. won. Don't I'm not saying yeah. like they were a player away or anything like that, but yeah,
1: may, maybe next week or the week after. We'll, we can bring like Andy Staples or Barrett on here and just talk national championship because I, I do think the national championship game is going to be good. Um, if Michigan pulls the upset, I, I'm not sure. I I like them that much against Bama. I think George is definitely the team built to beat Bama. Uh, if anyone's gonna upset them again. Um, uh, I don't know. I I just like I said, I'm not overly excited about the Cincinnati-Bama game. I'm gonna watch the whole thing, obviously, but I'm, I'm really excited for that. That's uh second semifinal. And
0: you you know, right, you hard for Bama, or you kind of want to see the upset quietly. Like, don't tell Lindsay, but you kind want
1: to No, I I'd, I'd love it if Cincinnati won. Like oh, okay. I, I'm I'm more indifferent, and she's she is a, a rational Bama fan. She's like, if they don't win it this year, she'll be like, okay, well, we, we've won plenty. I'm not mad about this year. I'm, if anything, she's like, oh, good for Cincinnati. They've never won anything. Like, that, that's kind of how her mind works. Yeah. Well, that's good because. Must be nice I'm, to have I'm so not, many I'm championships
0: not. that. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, it must be nice. Uh, i be not, like If we I won them all myself. in the 90s,
1: right? <laughs> all, everyone uh, yeah, played. If, we, if we won those three straight in the 90s and then we lost it in like 2003, we'd be like. Oh, whatever, you know. Dude, when the Lakers won three in
0: a row and then lost to the Pistons two years later in the finals, like, I was absolutely livid. Like, I was just, like, I was not rational. I was also 14, so, like, give me a break there. But, like, yeah, I was not ra- – I mean, it didn't matter how many we won. When the Lakers won two in a row, um, I mean, they they lost the title to the Celtics, then they beat the Magic, then they lost to the Celtics. They went uh, back to the playoffs the next year and got swept by the, by the uh, Mavs. And I can remember being so mad. That's when run our test, like clothesline the guy and Bynum, you know, hit uh, JJ Perea. and I was just like, yeah. you know, good. I'm glad they. <laughs> I'm so I was so irrational. So good for Lindsay for being a better person than me. Um. So yeah, we'll talk more about the playoff with it. Well, it'll it'll be after that happens. But I guess we'll talk about the national championship. Uh, all right, let's do this and get out of here. Uh, I don't do you have favorite college football moments of 2021 outside of FSU I don't know that I have a ton I I, I don't even know that I can think of anything but nah. the uh, only
1: thing I could think of outside of Florida State is the I forget his name but the punter from San Diego State who was just bombing like 80 90 yard punts oh
0: um, yeah like, half,
1: half of the season like he kind of uh, low key took the country by storm if you 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 know get into the weeds of college football um but yeah not a lot I can't think of any game that I saw that was just like wow that was crazy or anything i mean Bama, I mean, there were some the and was was a that was a fun game to watch that uh, was i still do have a soft spot for jimbo
0: that was a ton of fun um the lsu florida game you know neither one yeah. of those teams are any good but the lsu florida game that was 49 42 was a ton of
1: fun game always delivers um, yeah
0: that game was crazy the samford florida game i mean 122 points scored in one game <laughs> i know that i'm just kind of you know going through all the Florida ones the Clemson, I did enjoy Georgia Miami game, losing
1: multiple games on the last second field goals or missed field for goals for like 3 weeks <laughs> in a
0: row yeah that was pretty crazy uh, you know moment of the year for FSU uh you know I, I guess we'll I'll do a football and a non football you know, beating Miami was 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 certainly number 1 I'll yeah. also say like that Notre Dame game I know it didn't go our way at the end but I mean when you really think about it that Notre Dame game was fantastic and I'll yeah. say the play my favorite play of the year was was Jermaine Johnson's drip sack against Clemson and recovery and touchdown. Yeah, like I was more hyped on that play than, like I was up like running around my yeah. pool deck. We had people over. I literally was like, he just won us this game. Obviously, you know, yeah. two minutes.
1: Fast forward two minutes, but
0: that to me that was the most excited that I was all year. I, you know, the I fourth and fourteen was pretty close, but
1: yeah. Well, fourth and fourteen is gonna be uh, you know. Here's the thing. It's because it was against Miami, right? If that was against and the result, you know, NC State, and the result went yeah, our way, yeah.
0: You know, like yeah. if, if Jordan if would that, have like fumbled the next play on the one yard line, nah. then we wouldn't say that play. But like if you just really like look at that one play by itself, like that strip sack against Clemson to take the lead was to me that was the best play of the year.
1: More so, Phillies touchdown down the sidelines, right? That that was just oh yeah, same play the best football plays I've seen. Game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, One of the best football plays I've seen just the balance and awareness to know if it might need to go down, I'm going to keep running because how many times do we see a player get up and like walk out for a second and realize the whistle didn't blow. And then they get tackled because they, they quit on the play. That was awesome. So, you know, not the greatest season with, you know, five and seven, no one's going to celebrate that, but there were some fun moments and, you know, and I'm happy that Jordan Travis has that fourth and 14, like that, that, that was huge for that kid in parchment. You know, he would have been a forgotten transfer that, you know, five years ago, people would have forgot his name, but now no one will forget his name. Um, because yeah. of that. Play.
0: Outside of football. I mean, obviously think about the softball run, the so- both of soccer's runs were a ton of fun. Um, you know, absolutely beating the crap out of, uh, Miami and Florida during that week of baseball was really, really fun, but, uh, I mean, you know, you got to end up saying that it's soccer in the national championship because winning a natty kind of trumps everything. So, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Do you have anything you're planning on for New
1: Year's? Do you do these? Um, not really. I don't even know why I put it in here because I think maybe (laughs) you do. But well, no. no, So, so me and the wife, we are going to do a a dry January, which is going to be tough because we got the NFL playoffs we're going to the bucks uh panthers game on the 9th. Um my birthday is in January, but we figured we you know this we went pretty hard this uh holiday season and we're going to take it a little easy and uh you know kind of give our livers a break and eat a little better instead of just eating whatever the heck we want. So, you know, healthy uh January is kind of the our our big thing and then go from there. Yeah, we do something similar. We do uh we do whole 30 every uh every January. We've done it for
0: years and years and so it will happen again this January. I, although you're not allowed to drink on whole 30. I am allowed to do bourbon on a budget. Like I can just have it like during there the episodes. Go. Like I, you know, not allowed to like keep drinking the rest of the night or anything, but like if we do a review or a sample, like I'm not taking the whole month off, of, you know, doing the podcast. So
1: anyway, all right. Any shout outs for you down here? Last shout outs of the year. Shout outs, last shout outs of the year. Yeah, shout out my wife actually. Today is seven years from uh, our first date, so uh, shout out her. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been seven years. That's wild.
0: How about you? Um, shout out, yeah, shout out my family, wife, and kids. We had a great holiday season, we had a great um Christmas, we really enjoyed chilling and hanging out. And uh, my parents are coming over today and um, we need to do it all over again. So shout out my family. I don't think I have anything else besides that, though. Shout out the fam. And Gunnels. It's a good one. Good way <laughs> <end it. laughs> um, We'll be back next year. It's that time of year where, you know, corny white dads can make that joke. See you next year. year. <laughs> um, But, uh, you know, stay tuned. Everything we got. We've got some we, – I will say this. We do have some exciting stuff coming up. We're going to add a few members to the team. Um, yes. All kind of off air production, but uh, we'll really help this thing move forward. And we're excited for uh, them. And so we'll make an announcement in the next few days, or maybe right, maybe maybe just next Sunday or right next Saturday, right? The, on the first. But uh, enjoy the last few days of 2021. And uh, we will see you guys in 2022. Where we've got a lot of exciting things planned. Thanks for hanging out with us again this year. And we will see you next time. Go, Knowles.